Hello and welcome to Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. Welcome, my name is Amy Myers and I share insights and discoveries that the Lord shows to me as a way to bring light into your day and press back any darkness you might be experiencing. Today I am bringing a couple of ideas for the new year, but also kind of shifting from the end of 2023 into 2024, and I feel like the Lord is combining some of these concepts, but for the last month, he's really pressed on my heart three basic words that I feel we could carry into the new year as well, but this is behold, prepare, and wonder. Now, these words have lots of layers to them. So on the baseline, I'm just going to have some ideas and some scriptures that relate to those, but then also take you into a place where God also took me, where he um, combined a few different psalms that are kind of connected to the year, and the specific years. For instance, um, we're going to go over Psalm 82, 83, and 84 but also Psalm 22, 23, and 24. And some of you who maybe recognize the Hebraic calendar as well as the, the one that um, we mostly follow now in this modern culture, um, the year is 5783 that switched into 5784 for the Hebraic calendar back in September, late up September, and then obviously our calendar is 2024 now, switching out of 23. Um, into 24. So that's, God brought me to um, Psalm 82 to really look at the patterns that we see and how this goes and lines up with this concept of behold, prepare, and wonder. So let's start with the baseline for those of you who just want to sit in a softer place, um, but behold, prepare, and wonder. For instance, we can behold God, which simply is just a word that is um, used throughout all of scripture and it's just saying look observe take hold of something spend some time looking at which is not um all that dissimilar or it is very similar to the word wonder but behold and wonder sort of bookend um i what i feel like god is saying in both what we're looking at coming into 2024 but also some of these psalms that he's having us look at to bookend behold look what he has done call out behold who is God, but then also wondering about who he is, what he's done, and what he will do. Um, and then prepare is a sense more of preparing both our hearts, our attitudes, and in some cases it can be preparing some logistic things, but in many cases in the scripture it is just really preparing our hearts for, preparing the way for. And in scripture we see preparing relates a lot to um preparing God will sometimes use like prepare the way for the Lord and sometimes he'll say prepare the pathways prepare this and it, it adds a physical element and a physical picture to help us understand a concept that's more of an idea so like you know pulling away the stones I have this beautiful scripture that God took me um, to that captures so much of what we're going to talk about today but this is Isaiah 62 10 through 11 and I'm reading from the ESV version ESV uh, translation go through go through the gates prepare the way for the people build up build up the highway clear it of stones lift up a signal over the peoples behold the lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth say to the daughter of zion behold your salvation comes behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him 
So this beautiful passage talks about, about clearing the way, but it also talks about preparing and in a way that allows us to prepare and clear off old stones. So we can think of clearing things off, meaning taking those things off of us that maybe are weighing us down in, a, in an emotional way, in a physical way, in a spiritual way. Perhaps you felt that coming into the close of 2023, that God was pressing on you some things. Perhaps they were um, things that were making your heart sad, or perhaps they were things that were just lingering. And I, there was this pattern I, I saw with um, lots of people of God, where God was bringing back to, um, to remembrance things that maybe were of the past or things that were hurtful or harmful, which made it uncomfortable, especially as we celebrated the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Um, but it also provided an opportunity to say, this is where I want this to end. And there was a sense that God was saying, let's take these things away. Let's not carry into this new year the different things that are weighing you down. Um, that happened to me personally. It happened to other people um, that I know well. But I also felt this sense of God showing me, behold, these are the things that I've done for you, all the beautiful, magnificent things I've done in your life. But I also need you to prepare your heart for the coming year because I need you to take out those things that are weighing you down. In a sense that as we look and wonder about what is ahead, we can't wonder very clearly or with the joy that he desires for us when we're holding on to so many things of the past or we're letting things of the past um, weigh us down or any hurts of the past that he that um, that he really wants us to, to remove. And I'm not saying forget or pretend they're not there. In fact, I'm saying, God, show me what is there and please remove those things from me so they don't weigh me down in this new this new direction that we're going there. And the one big thing that I felt even from last night to tonight, I'm recording this on New Year's Day, is that there is a shift in the way that things are happening on the earth right now. There's, there's this shift leading into 2024. I felt that God was taking us into a transition. But now there's this distinct shift that is occurring where he's shifting us into a new thing. And so the faster we shed off those things that he doesn't want, the sooner we can begin to really take in all that he is doing. So just a couple verses on these concepts. Um, some of these you have probably heard, but I love to tie our scripture into what we're doing because God puts his imprint on all of the things that he's showing us. So for behold, the two that I chose for this are Genesis 1, 31, and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. That's the first time in the scripture where we're seeing how we are to behold. And he's even saying, behold, look, it is very good. And then also, many of you probably heard this around the Christmas celebration time, but Matthew 1, um, which is also quoting Isaiah 7, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So these are things we look back and we say, behold, look what God has done. Look what he's done. This gives us the strength and the, the trust and the experience of understanding God has done great and magnificent things. And this helps us to prepare our hearts, our minds, our spirits for what we're doing. It's sort of like this, um, this strengthening that we can hold on to. Um, for 
for preparing. I just really want us to begin to think upon, okay, God has done all of these things. Behold the glory of the Lord. Behold even the power of what God did when he brought Jesus to the earth to become fully God and fully man in human form so that he could rescue salvation and change the course of history and change the course of your life, my life, and so many people, thousands and millions of people. And so we want to look at that to behold, but we prepare by taking hold of those things and causing it to change our hearts. We want to be in this mindset we see in Psalm 63. It says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. And this shows us that the way we prepare our hearts is to long for God, to earnestly seek him. And this reminds me of the verse that describes that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. The reward is that we get close to him and we see him and we see the beauty and behold the power and the glory of who God is. And that's just not in an experiential, spiritual way, but God also does things in the physical way as well. So I want to read also Psalm 24 because we are going to go to Psalm 24 for the whole year of 2024. Um, And I know that some people have already been talking about this, about um, lifting up the gates, but this part is about preparation. Psalm 24, 3 through 6. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. See, these these components we can look for and ask God to cause us to be like this. God, let us have clean hands. God, cause our hearts to be pure. Cause us to lift up our souls to you. That we that we wouldn't speak falsely or be deceitful or manipulative or try to get our way. God, that we would just seek you and recognize that you are our salvation. That we're going to seek you and seek your face. And that is how we prepare our hearts. Because as we prepare our hearts and look to him and behold him, He begins to take off those things that weigh us down. And sometimes these things that weigh us down just cause us to not be able to see all that he is doing. Another, the way that we can prepare our hearts. I love the way that um, the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 5 through 6. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So God has given us the Holy Spirit and he pours it into our hearts. And Luke 6 even talks about how our hearts really matter in what we say and what we do. Jesus describes it as this, Luke 6, 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus is talking about our heart here, our hearts. And as we purify our hearts by God, and I told you in Romans 5, the Holy Spirit is what purifies our heart. He pours his love into our hearts and purifies our hearts. So whatever we speak out 
comes from a heart that's transformed. And that's how we prepare ourselves to be able to fully take in the wonder of what's coming. So shifting to wonder, um, a couple of verses that really struck me because I know that there's wonder of what God has done, which kind of couples with beholding, but it's also wondering what is God going to do? And we can see that by looking at the things he has done because it shows us the ways of God and it also allows us to say, okay, God, what of what you have done in the past are you doing now in this current moment of history? Because as you study the scriptures more, you'll see patterns that developed and the ways of God begin to develop. And what we begin to say is, okay, God, this moment in time looks similar to what you're describing in the scriptures. And when we see that, we can see God's response to similar situations. Now, that doesn't mean every situation applies. What it does is it shows us the ways of God. And we begin to communicate to God in his ways and about his ways of doing things. And so we can relate to his perspective better. And it shifts our hearts a bit. So uh, a couple of verses to think about as we wonder about God. Psalm 9, 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And then again in Exodus 15, 11, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? And then in Acts 4, 29 through 31, we see this. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. The, um, the people were being threatened at that time, this is after Jesus left and people were threatening the new believers. And so they say, and now, Lord, look upon their hearts, those who are opposing them, and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they, the servants of God, had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So this is a pattern of God. So they call out to God and are asking for help because people are threatening them. People are coming after them. And they're asking for boldness, and they're asking that God would stretch out his hand to heal signs, wonders, and performed in the name of Jesus. So this is the way of God. The way of God is healing, signs, and wonders, and filling us with the Holy Spirit so we can continue to speak with boldness what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others. So this is sort of the framework of what he's describing. Some simple things that we can do, and before I go into some of this, um, the larger portion of the Psalms here, is to just think about these concepts again. Behold, prepare, and wonder. So you can think about those things, and God, we can pray, Lord God, can you show me how to behold or to, to observe or to really look at what you've done in my life and the goodness of what you've, you've recorded in the scriptures? And can you show me and remind me all that you've done? May I turn my eyes to look at what you've done? Some people will quote the scripture verse, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's, that comes from scripture and it comes from a place of calling us to look at Jesus. But I, I like to dig in deeper and just like at beholding who he really is. And God, can we, as you allow us to behold more of who you are in your ways, would you prepare and transform and change our hearts so that our hearts can be full of your love, full of your purity and holiness in a way that brings freedom 
to our hearts and doesn't weigh our hearts down anymore. May we be free to wonder about your goodness and your glory and your love. And may we see the wonders, just like you did in Acts 4, the wonders of healing, the wonders of signs, the wonders of all the different things that you're doing in a miraculous and mighty way as only the hand of God through the name of Jesus Christ can be done. So God, please help us behold, prepare, and wonder in these coming days in the year of 2024. And God, I also thank you um, for the connection that you've shown me about we're in a season of history where we're making a transition. And um, as much as I immediately wanted to go into Psalm 84 and 24 with the Lord, because they're both talking about these beautiful new seasons of time, um, God really pressed on my heart going back to Psalm 82, which is very brief. It is a psalm that has six verses, um, but the sense from God is that this is really sort of a framework of what he's doing in this timeline. It's a framework that has happened in the past. It is a framework that he's doing in the future. Um, and Psalm 82, I'll read it briefly. It's just six verses. And it's really about the court, how God is in the divine council, and he's, he has the authority to render judgment upon the earth. And then there's a cry out for judgment um, that's happening in this in this uh, this psalm. So Psalm 82 goes like this: um, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. So this is God is sitting in the council, and the spirit realm beings or the the midst of the gods, he's holding judgment. So he's declaring his authority over things, and the call comes to him, and this is. Uh, Verse two, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute or the, or the poor. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And then it goes on to say in verse five, they have neither knowledge nor understanding and they walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are God, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, as men, you will die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. So as I mentioned, God pressed me on this, and I've actually studied this psalm so many times, and each time God shows me new and wonderful things. This time, it was the patterns of 82, 83, and 84 that the Lord really wanted me to highlight. So there is a pattern that occurs in, in 82 that also plays out. It folds, it kind of comes out of eight, at the end of 82, 82 verse 8, and rolls into 83 and 84. So these are all connected, even though they're separate psalms. But God was showing me the pattern of these. So the pattern that we see in these is that there, God and his authority is at the beginning and the end of the psalm. His authority to declare things and have action that can take place. But then there's also charges against the enemy. There's declaration, there's like charges. People are saying this is what the enemy is doing, proclaiming the enemy is acting badly and behaving badly. And then there's a verdict or an action or a punishment in response to what the enemy has been doing. And this pattern actually continues through Psalm 83 as well. It's just a more expanded version of it. 
So in 83, as I, as I mentioned at the end of 82, we see that the call goes out, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit nations. And in that call for God to arise, we move into Psalm 83 that begins by saying, Oh God, do not keep silence, do not hold your peace or be still. And at the end of that is verse 18, so that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, is the most high over all of the earth. So these are, again, bookending this proclamation, this declaration that evil is being done in the world, and particularly to those who are vulnerable, um, and that there's a call for justice. There's a call for justice and that only God is the one who carries out justice is how this is how this pattern happens. So a couple key things. In Psalm 82, there's the courts of God, there's judgment and there's favor for the inheritance of God, which is the nations and the people. And this is related to the wounded ones, the weak, the needy, the fatherless, the afflicted. Now, some of this language might sound familiar to you because in Luke 4, this is what Jesus stands up and declares. He's reading from, Psalm, from Isaiah 61 and he's declaring that his reason for coming was precisely Isaiah 61 and 62, which he says in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So God is saying, I care about the poor, the captives, the blind, and the oppressed. So this is really meaningful. And then looking back, the Lord had me go back to Psalm 22, which many people will describe as pointing, Jesus even points to and says the language of Psalm 22, 1, and the very last verse, Psalm 31, which again is this book ending. And I, as I read through this, it really um, struck me that Jesus quoted the beginning and the end of the Psalm almost as a way to point us to what he wanted us to see. Because Psalm 22 is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? So it's, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then just before he dies, Jesus says, it is finished. The end of Psalm 22, 31, it says, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to the people yet unborn that he has done it, which means it is finished. So Jesus was bookending the whole psalm, and in it it talks about how um, things that will happen at the cross. But it, in 22, it just goes on to describe different attributes of those who are abhorred and afflicted and um, that are harmed in so many ways, but that God has not forgotten those people and that he will bring glory to those people. And that he makes a vow that he is going to perform these things that the afflicted will be satisfied and those that seek him shall praise the Lord and that your hearts will live forever. So these are attributes that are also consistent with what's going on in Psalm 82 and what God is in what Jesus is declaring in Luke 4. He's also points us on the death of on his death at the cross. He's pointing us back to Psalm 22, which is saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And he repeats multiple times. Why are you so far from me, so far from me? Be not far far off. Three times in Psalm 22. Okay, so this is the framework. So God is saying, I have the authority. These are the people I care about. So then, then it moves on to, 
Psalm um, talks about the charges of the enemy. We've got injustice and the wicked are going unpunished. The vulnerable are being harmed. But the results on the earth is that the, the vulnerable are harmed, but also the earth is shaken and people are without knowledge and understanding and walking around in darkness. So these are the kinds of things we are seeing today. And these, are, these things have happened throughout history, so I'm not saying this is a new thing. It's a repetitive cycle, but this is something that is happening today. So I think we can point to that and say, okay, well, some of this is happening, God. What is the way that you are dealing with this? Because God repeats it again in Psalm 83. The targets of the enemy are God's treasured ones because they want to eliminate. They even go specifically to say they want to eliminate Israel, but they've come to make covenant against God and that they are the strong arm of Lot. And so they're doing, again, even a larger range of people, enemies of God, spiritual and natural enemies of God that are causing harm and targeting God's people. Not just the vulnerable, but now there's expanded to all of God's people. And now I hope some of you might um, recognize some of this language, though, from Revelation 12, because this is when um, the dragon goes and um, the serpent pours out water like a flood after the woman um, in this, this imagery that's happening in, in chapter 12. And the earth comes to the help of the woman and swallows up the river in the flood that, that the enemy has tried to send out to kill the woman. And then the dragon becomes furious and the woman goes off. And he promises this dragon and the serpent declares that he is going to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So sometimes we think that we are just now coming into a place where there's there's war happening on the earth, which true, there is more upheaval and chaos right now and evil is active, but to believe that this is the first time or um, a new thing is, is not a good reading of, of scripture and of history because it's always been ever since um, the beginning of time and after man came upon the earth when the enemy of God Lucifer, Satan, fell from heaven. He wanted to make war against the people of God. And Revelation is specifically tying it to those who hold the testimony of God. So this is playing out in Psalm 83. This whole thing is playing out and people are crying out again. They're saying, God, God, look at all of these things. Again, charges of saying, these enemies are doing these horrible things, oh God. Come forward and save us. And the same happens in Psalm 22. It's a declaration of what is happening and a calling out to God to to bring a verdict, to bring action, to bring punishment, to solve and to rescue. And this plays out again in 82 and 83 and as well at the end of 22, where these glorious things happen. In Psalm 82, justice is given and rights are restored. And there's a reminder that everything is a created thing. The angelic are created as well as the children of God. So God is saying everything. I am the most high over all of the earth and all nations belong to me, is what he's saying in 82. And then in 83, there's a call for judgment. There's a call for judgment to fill their faces with shame and that they may be dismayed forever, that they shall have a disgrace, that you shall send, um, just to send destruction to those who are making enemies of God and laying it out saying, God, remember, you used to do this same thing. And he, they list out in Psalm 83 different types of places where God rendered judgment to protect those who are vulnerable, to protect those who have been injured by those who, have, who are the enemies of God. 
and have come after the people of God in, in the vulnerable people of the world. <clears throat> so I want to move on to the hopeful part. So this is the pattern of God. God has the authority, then there are, the enemy seeks to make war against the vulnerable and the people of God. And then people call out and say, God, you're the protector, you're the defender, and we want you to come and defend, protect, and make this right. Make these wrong things right in the earth. And that is where we're transitioning from a lot of this happening into 2024. Because I see in Psalm 84 and Psalm 24, this is where the Lord is going. We're still in a transition. Something has shifted now as we've moved into 2024. And I believe glorious and wonderful things are coming. Remember, behold, prepare, and wonder. We get to wonder at what is coming. We prepare our hearts with wisdom and understanding that only God can save us. And when we hold tight to God, we are protected. And the power of God Almighty can render judgment and inflict judgment upon the enemies of God. And I'm really talking about the spiritual realm here. Um, sometimes humans... Uh, end up being pawns or the things that we see in this world but there are so many attributes of evil and sin that and, and the enemy uh, enemy of God and the evil spirits of God evil spirits that try to come after the people of God that are are seeking to press buttons and influence the thoughts and minds of people so I speak of this really to remind us that the enemies of us are not flesh and blood. The enemies of God are those in spiritual authorities in heavenly places, as it's described in the scriptures in, in Ephesians 6. So let's keep that in mind. All right, so the end, let's read Psalm 84 as well as Psalm 24. So Psalm 24, it sort of rolls into Psalm 84 because Psalm 24 is about the entrance, the beginning coming into. So Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is the part of wonder. I want you to sit down and think, okay, God, I want to wonder about what you're doing, all the chaos that's been happening, and perhaps there's more coming. God, open our eyes. We may wonder about all that you were going to do, even as the hard things might continue for a while, that you've got a wonderful thing that you are doing. So the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So this is a call forth in Psalm 24, 2024. We call forth to open the gates so the glory of God may come in. It's so exciting. The glory of God will come in. And what does that look like? How do we live in a space where the glory of God that come, can come in? That's what Psalm 84 shows us. This is how we live within the gates when the glory comes in. This is how we're going to live. And this is beautiful. And I... Um, 
Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yet, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make, make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. See, springs, rain, water, pools. This is the living water. This is the living water of Jesus, the living water of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have not just springs, but pools of that. It goes on in verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So we can come closer to God, everyone. O Lord, of, o Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this new year coming. We thank you for weaving together your scriptures and showing us the patterns and the ways of God. For God, you have the authority because everything belongs to you. The earth is yours and everything that dwells within it. You are the most high over all of the earth. You declare that you can judge the earth and that you shall inherit all of the nations. God, we can trust that and we want to walk in knowing that's who you are. And we call out with just as the voices from before of, of um, these Psalms, we call out that the evildoers have made a headway and they make claims and they make covenants against you, but God judge them and render judgment against them and remind everybody that you alone are God and bring forward the beautiful dwelling place of God. And Lord, we thank you that dwelling in your house, which you declare now in this New Testament time, that your honor, your glory, your temple resides in humanity and humans that believe in you and those of us who believe that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, almighty God. May you fill our hearts with joy. May you allow us to feel, feel as though we are in peaceful homes and that we have strength in you, that we are filled with the water of Holy Spirit and the power of your glory. And may we wonder and gaze upon all that you are doing in the safety of knowing that we sit in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You said that the kingdom of heaven is near. God, you are near to us because you dwell within us. And that is a special place. And so, God, I wonder upon what will happen this year. I praise you for what will happen this coming year. And I thank you for the majesty of God. And I thank you for the people of God. And I pray that you would bless them mightily. Cause them to every day behold your face, behold your presence. Prepare their hearts, transform their hearts, so that they may see the wonder of what you've done, the wonder of what your scripture describes and the ways of God and the wonder of what you will be doing in this coming year. So much wonder, God. What a joyful heart we can have for even as some of the ways that you bring judgment, you are bringing favor and a favorable judgment for your people who hold to you, who love you, who behold you, prepare their hearts with you and wonder of all of the good and mighty things. 
Thank you, Almighty God, and bless every one of the people that listen to this and bless all of your children throughout the earth. Bless them with peace, bless them with favor, bless them with miracles and wonders and a new glorious presence with you, God. Thank you, God. Amen and amen.